Before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use that promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off your next order. That is promo code LOCKEDON15 at BuiltBar.com. up everybody welcome into locked on tigers i am your host chris castellani it is monday march 29th 2021 thank you for tuning in today michigan basketball has not as of the time of this recording played their sweet 16 game against florida state so i i apologize if you were expecting me to either be far more excited or far, far more disappointed i'm pretty neutral a bit nervous right now but by tuesday's show we'll obviously know the results and uh you'll you'll get either a very happy me or a very meh, so-so me. Actually, Tuesday's show will be excited no matter what, and there's a big show programming note that I wanted to bring up. I tweeted this out on the Locked on Tigers account, but if you didn't read that, on tomorrow's program, Jimmy O'Brien, or as most of you know him, John Boy, will be on the program. Uh, I am going to be doing an interview with him. We're going to be talking about his YouTube success, probably do asking him some questions about the Astros cheating stuff and maybe maybe a Tigers question or two. This is extremely extremely exciting. I can't be like I I got to just cut to the chase here and say that this is huge for the show. This is huge for the show. This is a huge get. We are talking about outside of players probably the biggest name on baseball social media, John Boy. He's an amazing follow. One of my, like, honestly, like a huge inspiration of mine. I think he's, what he does is so great for the game, and I think he's hilarious, and I can't wait to talk to him. I am nervous, but I'm very, very excited for that opportunity, and I can't wait for all of you to listen to that interview. This show is going to be primarily me talking about the official 26-man opening day roster for the Detroit Tigers. I don't know how much it's going to take up. If if we don't reach that full 25 minutes, then maybe I'll talk about the spring training games that went down over the weekend. But I want to start with the official roster moves, and i got to start by eating a little bit of crow. Now, it's crow I'm happy eating. It's crow with chocolate on it, but crow nonetheless. One of my big predictions early this year, like even before spring training, was that it was going to be a five-man rotation for the Tigers and that Scooball and Mize were going to fight for that last rotation spot. I have been proven wrong. Now, Tarek Scooball, as I predicted, did make the team, and he should have made the team. He pitched some very good, confident baseball in spring. Casey Mize made the team as well. They are currently at a five-man rotation. Spencer Turnbull, and this was just announced according to Jason Beck, will miss the first few series. That's kind of a mystery right now, and I'm waiting for other things to come out about that, but I think Hinch said that it was something, to, it was a COVID-related thing. It wasn't his fault. Maybe he came across somebody who did have it, but he's been out for 
over a week now, and if he's going to miss the first few series, that means he's going to be out another week plus. So I don't know if he tested positive. I wish him the best. I hope he's well. That's very disappointing. But I think even when he does come back, the Tigers are going to stick with a six-man rotation going forward. I'm happy with this. I'm fine with it. Now, I I can't lie and and act like I was excited or, or glad with how Casey Mize pitched in the spring because he didn't pitch well. He did not pitch like a very confident major league pitcher, in my opinion. But again, I think that I think Hinch has more of a say in the makeup of this roster than Guardy did personally, and I think that's a, a lot of that has to do with one Hinch just being a very smart baseball mind, and two Hinch knowing the identity of this baseball team. We're in a point in the rebuild where you got to be showing something, and he wants to get the best players or the players with the most upside on the major league roster. I have no issue with Casey Mize starting the year in the major league rotation. I hope he stays there. Same with Scooball. I hope they never pitch another game in the minor leagues. I hope they're with Detroit for a majority of the, their careers and they pitch really good baseball. I do think that the last performance, the last game that Casey Mize pitched really was an audition. Like, I don't think Hinch was lying about that. I think they weren't sure what the the build of the rotation, what the makeup of the rotation was going to look like until that start. I think two things came into fruition. Casey Mize pitched pretty darn well, did give up two runs, fell apart a little bit in that fourth inning, only pitched four innings, but it was a spring training start. Struck out nine and walked zero. That's really what people were happy with. Fastball got up to 98 miles per hour. But one thing that can't be overlooked is that for the second time in a row, Michael Fulmer came out of the pen and pitched some pretty good baseball. His sinker was topping out at around 96 miles per hour. And Fulmer will start games at some point this year. Hinch has said it, and I believe him. I think that you do have to give him a few more shots as a starting pitcher. You know, you don't want anyone to get hurt, but it's just laws of probability. Somebody's going to get a little bit dinged up, and he'll he'll come in for a spot start, and, and we'll see if he can prove something. But it, it's apparent right now that Michael Fulmer is pitching far more confident baseball when he comes out of the bullpen than he does when he's in the starting rotation. Obviously, when you're pitching fewer innings, it allows you to rev back a little bit. Nice to see the fastball velocity up a tick. Look, I, I'm Like I said, I was close and still am close to kind of giving up on Fulmer ever being a stable major league starting pitcher again, uh, but I'm not ruling out the possibility of him ever being a good major league pitcher again. I mean, I maybe he'll have like a Shane Green kind of arc where he struggled for a little bit going back and forth between the bullpen and the rotation, finds a home in the bullpen. The stuff is not terrible. And I think especially coming out of the pen, it could be serviceable. Maybe we could have like a Wade Davis situation. I think that'd be great. And it's also worth noting that Mize and Scooball, obviously, I'm very excited to see. I hope they pitch well, but there's going to be a lot of questions about their durability, and there should be. Even in the spring, as good as Scooball was, he struggled with fastball command. Mize got beat around a little bit. The deeper this thing goes, you know their innings are going to be monitored. You know the pitch count is going to be watched closely. At some point this year, they're probably going to be shut down or, or beyond some sort of innings limit. And when that happens, then you're going to have, Fulmer's going to have to take the reins and, and take the rotation spot. Now, probably by that point in the year, they won't be playing for anything, so it won't really matter. But at the same time, I think that will be another opportunity almost two or over full, two full years removed from Tommy John to really see if he can prove it as a starter again. These young pitchers are not going to be guys who are going to be going six, seven, eight innings a start. Now, if, if they happen to go six, seven innings in a start, great. That's wonderful. That's what we want to see. But this year, in their first full seasons, you know they're going to stretch them out. I think that's part of the reason why they're going to have a six-man rotation going forward. But even beyond them, you know Spencer Turnbull is a guy that struggles with strike throwing. You know his durability is kind of in question. Is he going to be able to go deep into ball games? And this team will be relying on their bullpen a lot this year. This was a bullpen that 
wasn't good a year ago, but showed a fair amount of promise. And some guys have struggled a little bit in spring. I have not been confident in what I've seen out of Brian Garcia. I, I think that at some point, it, we, it already showed a little bit in spring training. He's going to have to find a way to miss more bats if he wants to be a, a stable, serviceable major league reliever. But I think this is the year Gregory Soto breaks out. Like he showed flashes a year ago. His stuff is dynamic. Slider is coming along. They're going to be relying on that pen, but they're going to need a lot of innings out of that bullpen. And Garcia and Soto, those guys can only go one inning at a time. And you have three guys in that pen right now, really four if you include Derek Holland, that can give you multiple innings at a time. Those guys being Daniel Norris, Tyler Alexander, Michael Fulmer, and uh, the aforementioned Derek Holland, who I just talked about, who pitched some really good baseball in the spring. And you have several guys who have been major league starters who could who you, who you can maybe stretch for one, two innings at a time. I don't foresee the Tigers ever doing that kind of piggyback start that Gardy did where he started Alexander for three innings, then went to Norris. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to try to get as many innings as they can out of the young pitchers. But if you struggle with command and you struggle with strike throwing, the pitch count goes up. And when the pitch count goes up, goes up you don't go that deep into ball games. So I'm happy that Mize is starting the year in the rotation. I think it's good for the team. I think it makes the team, and this is one thing I, I have to bring up, it makes the team infinitely more interesting with him starting games and with with Scooball starting games than it would be with Fulmer. And, and that's not a personal vendetta or beef against Fulmer. It's just a fact. These guys are potentially future pieces here. And I think that's why Hinch wanted them on the team. He's going with the guys who he sees a future with. Even if Fulmer were to start the year in the rotation and pitch great, he becomes a trade piece. Mize and Scooball, these are guys that we hope to see here five, six, seven, eight years in Detroit pitching good baseball. Their road to major league success will start in 2021. And it's in that aspect, there will be some exciting pieces in this for this baseball team in 2021. This will be the most interesting Tigers team we've seen in five years. That's not saying much because they've been a dumpster fire, but baby steps here, people, baby steps. All right, that will do it for segment number one. When I come back, I'm going to talk about a few more of the roster moves now that the 26-man roster is set for opening day. Joe Jimenez was designated for assignment. He will start the year in AAA. We're going to talk about that when we return. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online your online sportsbook experts. We're covering everything you need to know about the Tigers, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back, everybody. Segment number two here on this Monday. As I previewed at the end of segment number one, we're talking about this 26-man opening day roster that was announced. Woke up on Saturday morning to the fresh scent of an opening day roster, and that roster did not include former All-Star, believe it or not, Joe Jimenez. He did not make the 26-man opening day team. Hinch announced this on Saturday. Jimenez had struggled mightily in the second half of 2018. He wasn't that good in 2019, and he was downright pitiful a season ago and did not make the opening day 
roster. Look, the thing about these opening day rosters, because I know I'm, I'm all excited about it now. Oh man, we're getting so close to baseball, and I am very excited, but these things change. Joe Jimenez will pitch in Comerica in 2021 pending injury. I, I would be stunned if he doesn't. If he doesn't, then like, wow, what an unbelievable fall from grace if that guy isn't even good enough to be a replacement reliever for somebody who gets injured. And I, I am in favor of him getting another shot. And he was one of the guys I wondered, and Chris Fetter, I think, will do a very good job in Detroit. I like that hire a lot. But Chris Fetter is not a miracle worker. I think that if you would have given Chris Fetter any of the pitchers that came through Comerica over the last several years, I don't think he would have been able to do much with them. Ryan Carpenter was going to get rocked regardless. What I was looking for is the guys who have good stuff, like Mize or Scooball, or even you could throw Farmer or Boyd in there. I want to see what he does with them, if he can fix them, if he could, if he can have them turn a corner in their careers or, or, or rebound from difficult seasons to 2020. And I was wondering if he could do that with Jimenez. Now, I have always argued that I think the explosiveness of Joe Jimenez's stuff was greatly over-exaggerated in the minor leagues. People were acting like he was going to be the next Zamaya, and we've seen him hit 98 miles per hour a few times, but really, it's usually hovering between... 92 and 95. Sometimes he'll get to, to 96. I think the fastball velocity has is, is dipped a tick, and it's been down a little bit in spring training. So I think Chris Fetter and Hinch collectively decided we can't have this guy in the opening day roster for two reasons. One, he can't get outs. He's not getting outs. That's the big one. I, I mean, you, that's the number one thing. The Literally the most important thing you want from a major league pitcher, get hitters out. He can't do that. And two, I, I think that they look at his stuff and they don't think that there's really a whole lot that they can work with here. The fastball is fairly flat with not a ton of movement. The slider doesn't have the bite to it that it once did. He's never really been confident throwing his changeup. The only time he ever was was when he was really rolling in the first half of 2018. Besides that, he's just fallen off. And like I said, he'll get an opportunity at some point, but I I support this decision. I, I think that it, it would be easy with a team that is this, I mean, let's call it for what it is, this bad, to be complacent and just be like, hey, bring back the veterans, bring back the guys. Hey, he's the most experienced, him and Buck Farmer, the most experienced relievers. You know, that was Gardy's principle is he loved the veterans. That's why Zimmerman started two opening, day, two opening days despite having a six-plus ERA. He's like, oh, I, I love the veterans. Hinch is sending a message that a- any spot is open. you got to earn your spot here, and I think he's done that. I, I think Joe Jimenez is going to work his butt off to try to get back. I hear the Bruce Rondon comparisons, and I think that's actually unfair to him. I get it, but, you know, reliever with a big arm that a lot of people is going to be the closer that a lot of people thought can't speak right now. I'm talking too fast, sorry. That a lot of people thought was going to be the closer of the future, who showed glimpses but kind of ended up flaming out. I don't think that's a fair comparison because with Rondon, there was a lot going on between the ears that hurt him. And the whole thing of being sent home for effort level, throwing at Mike Moustakis was he, when he was getting rocked in 2017. Like, he was just remarkably immature. I've never gotten that impression from Joe Jimenez. I think he's a hard worker. I think he's a good guy. I just don't think it's worked out for him thus far at the Major League level. He'll get another shot, but I do support the decision not putting him on the opening day roster. Lastly, for this segment, and this was something I talked about extensively with Scott when he was on. I've talked about it several times. The whole thing of who's going to be the odd man out for the outfield, the thing Lynn Henning tweeted about, turned out to be a nothing burger. All these outfielders, Mazzara, Victor Reyes, Jacoby Jones, Robbie Grossman, and Akil Badu made the team. And Hinch said he wants Akil Badu to be starting games pretty early on. He, he wants him to shake off the nerves early on. I think he's going to put him into some action early on this season. And I, hey, I, I support that. The guy lit it up in the spring. I think the Tigers did a good job with these roster moves 
not sacrificing your present for your future. You know what I mean by that? I was talking about how, like, I think Jacoby Jones has shown some serious promise a year ago. I think it would have been disappointing for him or Victor Reyes to have not made the team out of spring training, and you go with the, it could be a boat option with Akil Badu. Uh, I support the five-man outfield that, that they're going to kind of uh, employ. You know, Hinch is going to play the matchups. He always does. I think Robbie Grossman if he makes it through the season without getting traded and doesn't get injured, will be a guy who's going to start 140, 150 games. I really do. I think he's, because you look at his splits between lefties and righties and the fact that he gets on base a fair amount, I think he's going to be this team's opening day leadoff hitter, and I think it's going to stay that way for a large majority of the year. Everybody else, I think it's going to be kind of a revolving door. He's going to play the matchups. You know Hinch is an analytically sound manager. And with Badu, what's difficult is that you have a youngster who doesn't have any righty-lefty splits, who doesn't have that major league experience. And so they're going to throw him to the wolves, and they're going to find out where he thrives, where he doesn't thrive, where he's successful, where he's not. Upside is there, and I give him a lot of credit. That is a very weird, difficult thing to do. You get drafted from a different organization than the one that you've been a part of for the last five years. You are immediately put in the middle of this. The media is talking about you. They're they're interviewing you. They're doing stories about you. The last time anyone saw you, you were in high A ball. Now you're playing against major league pitchers. And he went out there in the spring and he delivered. He deserved to make the team. I'm happy he made the team. If it doesn't work out, so be it. It's a rule five pick. Like, who did he knock off the roster? Nobody of, of that much prominence. Like, that's why a few years ago, while it did end up working out with Victor Reyes, and I give them credit credit for this. I, I turned out to be wrong. I was disappointed with the fact that Matuk was not on the major league roster to start 2018 because Victor Reyes took his spot. I liked Matuk, but ultimately, you know what? The Tigers proved me wrong. Reyes has turned out to be whatever he is, you know, but I think he is a major league ball player. I'm not saying he's great or amazing or even deserves a starting spot, but I think there's a spot for him in the major league somewhere, and Mikey Matuk ended up flaming out. There is one more controversial move that I saved for last. I'm going to talk about that in the final segment, it involves Renato Nunez, first base signing, not making the team. We're going to discuss that in segment number three. We'll be right back. We have been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is best. It is Built Bar Madness. And today's matchup, it is the final matchup of what is their version of the Elite Eight, the Enticing Eight is technically the name of it. Caramel Brownie versus Coconut Brownie Chunk. Both these are so good. I'm going Caramel Brownie, but I think this one is going to be very, very close. Give me Caramel Brownie in this one. Go to BuiltBar.com or to at Bar underscore Built on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKDOWN15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKDOWN15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. And we're back for the final segment. There's one more roster move that I wanted to talk about now that the official 26-man roster is out, and it's a big one. Renato Nunez, first baseman, minor league contract signee by the Tigers. He was a spring training non-roster invite by Detroit, played for the Orioles over the last several seasons. First baseman did not make the team out of spring training. Now, he had a clause in his contract where he can now opt out. He is a free agent. Over him was Harold Castro, who did make the team. I'm stunned and pretty frustrated by this, and I I don't know how much saying Hinch had in the makeup of this roster. I think he had more than Gardy did, like I said, I believe in segment number one, because I think several years ago, like I think if it was up to Garden Hire, like Myers and Manning and Scooball would have made the team in 2018, but obviously they didn't, he didn't have a ton of control over that. 
Hinch couldn't control if Manning made the team because of service time manipulation stuff, and he'll get called up at some point, but I, I was surprised by this, and I'm disappointed for multiple reasons. One, I mean, I just, I don't think Harold Castro's that good. He's versatile. He can play multiple positions, but he doesn't really play any of those positions particularly well. Not a great hitter, so I'm disappointed in that aspect. Renato Nunez did have pop, and that's one thing that this team needs. This this team needs guys who can hit homers, and Renato Nunez does. Harold Castro does not. Renato Nunez not only not on the team, but he's now a free agent. Somebody else is going to sign him. But in the grander scheme of things, I'm disappointed because I think it means more reps for Miguel Cabrera at first base. I've talked about this quite a bit, but now that it looks like it really is going to happen, I'm going to talk about it again and say I'm really frustrated by that. I'm really, really frustrated by that. Now, Miggy will not be the everyday first baseman necessarily because you have guys like Nico Goodrum who can play first base. You have Harold Castro who can play first base. You have Jamer Candelario, of course, who can play first base. And it's possible that the year starts with Jamer at first, Nico at third, and then Miggy DHs. That's possible. I'd be fine with that. And I'm in, in some ways, I'm the minority here because a lot of people think that Jamer should stay at third, and I understand that. Even when he wasn't hitting in the second half of 2018 and all throughout 2019, the one thing people were noticing was he had improved a lot defensively. He'd become a plus defender at a premium defensive position. That's fine, but Mikel Cabrera doesn't have any knees and shouldn't be playing first base. If Miggy plays first base, one of three things is going to happen, Okay, and, and none of them are good. Number one, and this is the least likely outcome, he plays first base four to five times a week and plays it at the exact same level that he played it when he was in the prime of his career. That's not good because this isn't a good defensive team and Miggy was never a good defensive first baseman. Now, nobody cared when he was hitting 45 bombs a year and batting 350. Why should you care? He was the best hitter in baseball or one of the top two hitters in baseball, him and Pujols, for a decade. But this is a weak defensive team. First base, in fairness, is not a premium defensive position, but he's always been a negative defender. He's always graded out to be a negative defender. Hasn't mattered for a majority of his career, but he's not the hitter that he once was. So that's outcome number one. Outcome number two, he plays first base and is abysmal. Balls are getting past him. He's making errors. He can't throw to second to turn double plays. He's just completely fallen off. Now, if that were to happen, I think Hinch would have to just own up to the fact that we can't have him playing first base and give up on that experiment. Or number three, he gets injured again. And none of those outcomes are good. I understand Miguel Cabrera is is still a star player. Like I, I know the numbers have fallen off, but in terms of recognizability, face of a franchise. Miguel Cabrera is a star. I understand he has a lot of pull. I understand he's done amazing, amazing things here. He has. I will forever adore Miguel Cabrera as a player. That dude has brought me so much joy. But you know what? I adore him so much that I want what's best for him. And what's best for him in terms of what's right is not necessarily what's best for him in regards to what he wants. I know he wants to play first base. That is one thing I give Miguel Cabrera a ton of credit for, is that it would be very easy at this point in his career to be in bad shape, to not be catching up to fastballs, to not be into the game, to not be excited to be a part of this organization, because this is a guy who's played in World Series, and now he's playing on a team that's trying to stay out of last place. He hasn't done that. He has stayed in shape. He has worked his butt off. I've never felt like the effort level has ever been lacking for Miguel Cabrera. But there comes a point where the truth just has to have its day. There comes a point where you can't be what you once were, sadly. And ha- and I know I'm really taking the long way around here, but Renato Nunez, who I'm not saying was a good defensive first baseman either, but at the very least was a stable option that allowed for Miguel Cabrera 
to DH for a majority of the year. Now, I do think Miggy is going to get a lot of reps at first base, and I I don't know how I feel about that. Maybe I'm overreacting. You guys know I'm the king of that. I probably am, but, but Miguel Cabrera, when he signed that contract back in 2014, he didn't sign it so he would play premium defensive first base. They signed him so he would be a great hitter. And I I don't think he can ever be great again. But I think under the best of circumstances, with him doing nothing but sitting in the dugout and getting four at-bats a night as a DH, I do think he can still be serviceable. But I think playing the field several times a week on those weak knees that he has, I think it's going to be a detriment. And I think it could end up hurting his hitting as well. And I don't want to see that. You guys know I love Miggy. We all... Love Miguel Cabrera. He's one of the greatest Tigers of all time. I do understand it, though, uh, to a certain extent. I do, because I, I think it, in a way, Hinch is looking at this more from the point of view of what can we get out of Jamer as opposed to what can't we get out of Miguel Cabrera. I think he would rather have Miggy playing below average defense at first base and have a third baseman in Jamer who's going to be a plus defender at a premium position. There is a chance. There is a chance I could eat more crow about this, honestly, because there is a possibility that analytically that works out well for them. And I think by the second half of the season, once Paredes gets called up, assuming, of course, that he hits in AAA and gets called up, he'll play third, Candelario will move to first, and then Miggy will be DH. But I think for a first half of the year, we're going to see a lot of games with Miguel Cabrera at first base. And I'm I'm not crazy about that, personally. And if Miggy does DH and you put Jamer at first, and then your third baseman is probably Nico Goodrum. And Nico Goodrum did not have a good spring. I know he homered once or twice, but did not have a good spring and didn't have a good year last year. I know he's the fans like him, and it's a good story. You know, the Twins released him, and he was so-so for this team. And I do think somewhere in there is a great major league player, but he swings and misses too often. He strikes out way too often. And to me, he's like a, an average backup utility option I don't believe in him as a team starting third baseman. So hopefully this can all be solved in the next several weeks or months with Paredes tearing it up in AAA. He gets the call up and then you can move Miggy to DH permanently. But that's the last roster move I wanted to talk about. Can't believe I just spent the entire show talking about the opening day roster. But you know what that means? It's game week. It is officially game week. There's Major League Baseball games this week, this Thursday. The Tigers are playing. Couldn't be more excited. All right, that will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a written positive five-star review of this program. It would be much, much appreciated. Thank you very much for tuning in, everybody. Have a great rest of your day. I'll be right back here tomorrow with an interview with John Boy. I will see you then, and go Tigers.